0: We're studying everything we can find in the New Testament or in the Bible about Christ, his attributes specifically. But this morning we want to look at the subject, Christ, the head of the church. So let's turn to Ephesians 5:23 for our scripture reading. Ephesians five twenty-three. <clears throat> This is the Apostle Paul writing. The subject here is the church. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Now I want you to focus on that uh, five or six words there. Christ is the head of the Of the church. Jesus Christ. Is. The head of the church. God's word clearly. And unmistakably. States that he is. Our text. That we just read. In 523 says. Christ is. The head of the church. Ephesians 4.15 says it again. Paul is talking about. The church. The body of Christ here. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. Now look at Colossians one eighteen. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18. Just a couple of books over. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 18, Paul is talking about Christ here. And he says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Turn next to Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. Ephesians 1, 22 and 23 says that Christ is not only head of the church but head over all things to the church. And he hath, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Head over all things to the church is no empty and meaningless name. It's one that describes the reality of Christ's position and actions. Well, in the study this morning, let's consider first what God's Word means when it says that Christ is the head of the church. When the New Testament says that Christ is the head of the church, it means at least four things. And we could mention more, but at least four things. First of all, it means that there is a vital union between Christ and His church. The New Testament speaks of Christ as the head and the church as a body, His body. The church is the body of which Christ is the head. Now, a body is an organism, a living thing. And in the books of Romans, Colossians, and preeminently in Ephesians, the church is called the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 12, 27, Paul is writing to the local church at Corinth, and he identifies them as the body of Of Christ. Let's turn to that. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 27. Paul says here, Now ye, and he's speaking to the church at Corinth, are the body of Christ and members in particular. Christ being called. The head of the church is a figure, obviously, that speaks of the vital union of Christ and his church. The head is the source and center of life for the human body. Jesus Christ is the life-giving head of his churches. Colossians 3, 4 speaking of Christ, says He is our life. John 1, 4 says in speaking of Christ that in Him was life. The spiritual life of every member of the body, the church, depends on the life of the head. Once John the Baptist had been beheaded, he had no life. The vital relation between John's body and his head had been ended, and he died. Concerning the church, separate the body from the head or place an intermediary between the head and the body and you instantly have a dead body. This vital connection between the head and the body in the church is strongly emphasized and explained in the book of Ephesians. Secondly, when the New Testament calls Christ the head of the church, it means that Christ rules supremely in the church. The term head speaks of sovereignty and rulership. The head of the human body is not just the source and center of life. It is the office of supreme government of the body. The head is the location of knowledge and judgment. Your head guides all of your body parts. The brain in the head directs the functions of the body. The brain in your head tells your hands and feet what to do and tells your mouth what to say and your (coughs) eyes where to look. And just as the brain directs the functions of the body, so Christ directs the church. (coughs) In the church, Jesus Christ is the great directing head. He only is the one who gives binding commands. I want to go back and say that again. In the church, Jesus Christ is the great directing head. He only <coughs> is the one who gives binding commands. All of the members of a church of Jesus Christ may expect their great head to direct them in what is best for them. When we need to do something as a church, where do we go? What directions? We go to the head, to Christ. And the members of Christ's body delight to do the will of their head. If church members are truly spiritual people, Christ rules them as the head governs the various parts of the human body. (coughs) Spurgeon said it like this, Christ is the political head of the church as a king is head of his subjects. The head has authority and thus lightly controls the body. Jesus Christ is Lord over all things in the local New Testament church. Look at Ephesians 1, 22 and 23 again. Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. (coughs) And had put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now the figure of Christ being the head shows his power, his authority, and his control over the church. Turn to Matthew 28. We'll look at verses 18 and 19. Matthew 28, 18 and 19. The Lord Jesus is speaking here. And I want to just look at part of these verses here, 28, 18, starting with part B. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth, the Lord Jesus says. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Now, the word power here means both the authority to do a thing, and the ability to carry it out. Christ, the head of the church, has both the authority to command our church to do things and the power to sustain us as we obey. His sovereign authority is seen when he commands the church here to go ye therefore and teach all nations and so forth. As sovereign, Christ defends His church, just as a king defends His kingdom. He is the Savior of the body, our text says. Christ the Head defends the church by His power, and we may expect our Head to defend us from all dangers. As the Head, the sovereign of His church, The Lord Jesus Christ provides for the needs of his church. There's nothing difficult for our great head. There are no limitations on his power to act in any situation. Sometimes we get a little worried about our church's financial shortfalls. Whatever church you've been in. Uh, including ours, we sometimes worry about that. But when we do, we have forgotten that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords, and as such, He's going to provide our every need. It's been demonstrated here over and over and over. If God could feed 2.5 million Israelites for 40 years in the wilderness, and see that their clothes and their shoes did not wear out, and if He provided a shade over them every day so the sun wouldn't harm them, then why should we who are Christ's people in His church be worried about having the means to carry out Christ's work? You know, that's, we say that, but do we really practice that? Do we really follow that? Thirdly, when the New Testament says that Christ is the head of the church, it means Christ has a loving and intimate relation to His church. Look at our text again in Ephesians 5.23. Back to the text in Ephesians 5.23. for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and He is the Savior of the body. Now look at verse 25 in this same chapter that describes this headship of husband over wife and how it works. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it. The figure here comes from the marriage relation. In marriage, there is a special relationship between husband and wife. It's a very close relationship, very intimate relationship. Is there anything more closely connected than your head is with your body and its various parts? Unless it be that intimate relation, that loving relation, of husband and wife in marriage. This is the imagery under which God's Word represents to us the in- intimate, loving relation of Christ to and the church. Jesus Christ is head over the church in the same sense in which the husband is head over the wife. When we say that the husband is the head of the wife... We mean he is the loving ruler of his wife. Christ, the head, rules his church in love, just as the husband, as head of the wife, rules her in love. Headship in marriage speaks of the wife's submission to and dependence on her husband's headship. Now look at Ephesians 5, 22 and 23. If you're still there, 5, 22 and 23. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For or because the husband is the head of the wife, even as or just like Christ is the head of the church and he is the Savior of Of the body. Just as the husband, as head, obtains his wife's (laughs) obedience voluntarily from her heart, so Christ obtains the obedience of his church. The church yields spiritual obedience to no one but Christ. Just as a wife yields submission to no one but her husband. Fourthly, when the New Testament says Christ is the head of the church, it means that Christ is the beauty of the church. The head is the beauty, the glory of the human body. Now, some of us are more beautiful <laughs> in the head than others are. But that's the, that's the glory of the human body, the head. A person's beauty is And attractiveness is mostly in his face. The face radiates the intelligence and wisdom and character and determination of a person. In this sense, Christ is also the head of the church. He is its beauty. He is its attractiveness. He is its intelligence, its wisdom, and its character. That church is ugly that does not have Christ as its head. Because the beauty of Christ is not seen in that church. What we sometimes call the fighting fundies, the fighting fundamentalist churches, are notorious for arguing and bickering, bickering and bitterness and cantankerous. You ever been to some of those churches? The beauty of Christ cannot be seen in those churches. Jesus Christ is the head of the church in all four of these senses just mentioned. A church cannot function properly unless Christ is the head of that church. Now this brings us in the second place in this study to the matter of how Christ, the head of the church, directs His body. How does He direct His body? How does He rule over and direct the actions of His churches? Jesus Christ reigns over His church by the laws that He has enacted. These laws are revealed in His written Word. The Lord guides His church through His law book as the Holy Spirit reveals and applies its meaning to the minds of his people. Christ, the lawgiver of the church, has left us a statute book that is sufficient to guide us in every problem and every need. The scriptures are a full and sufficient revelation of God's will, of Christ's will, for all situations. Christ the Head directs His church through His written Word. You're familiar with 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17 where Paul says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect or spiritually mature, Truly furnished unto all good works. And that applies to the church as well as to the individual. The Bible is the sole instrument through which Christ's authority over the church is expressed. The Bible reveals Christ's doctrines and provides the rules of conduct for the church. Each church is responsible for searching the Scriptures, finding the Lord's will for them, and then cheerfully submitting to that will. The Lord Jesus Christ does not direct His church through tradition. Any tradition that's not found in God's Word is out of place when it's applied to the church. It doesn't matter where a doctrine may come from, even from 2,000 years of religious tradition. If it does not come from Christ in His Word, it must not be accepted by the church. It doesn't matter if certain doctrines are found in a greatly respected theology book. If they did not come from Christ, the head of the church... The church must not submit to those doctrines. Since Christ is the head of the church, only he can make laws and prescribe doctrines for the church. No one can add a single word to the faith once for all delivered to the saints in God's Word. The thing that directs the church is not tradition. Furthermore, the thing that directs the church is not the times in which we live. A lot of churches are directed by the times in which we live. We are not to find out what the boomers want and then give them those things in the church. That's what's going on in most churches today. We are not to update our preaching to make it more in keeping with the times. The popular philosophies and fads and desires and whims of the day are not to govern what we preach in our church. The Word of God says that we are to preach nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. The church is not to be guided by anything else but Christ, the head of the church. Whatever cannot be found in the scriptures is not the will of Christ, the head of the church. Where Christ's word does not reign, Christ's preeminence does not exist. How can Christ have the preeminence if his authority is stripped away from him and his word? Finally in this study, let's look at some others who seek to be the head of the church. This is the application of what we've said thus far. Some others who seek to be head of the church. There are any number of churches who either claim and or practice another head of the church than Jesus Christ. First of all, the Roman Catholic Church brazenly asserts that the Pope at Rome is the head of the church. You know, I don't, I don't like to say anything about them or other people that I cannot back up with chapter and verse. And so I want to read to you a statement, an official statement of the Roman Catholic Church from the New York Catechism. It says, quote, the Pope takes the place of Jesus Christ on earth. By divine right, the Pope has supreme and full power in faith and morals over each and every pastor and his flock. He, the Pope, is the true vicar of Christ, the head of the entire church. He is the infallible ruler, the supreme judge of all, being judged by no one, God Himself on earth. Unquote. Other blasphemy. The Catholic Church does what the Pope says, no matter what. Sometimes when pressed about this matter, Catholics will say, well, Christ is no longer here, He's far away, so we cannot know His will for such church matters. therefore, They call the Pope the vicar of Christ or the substitute for Christ or the representative for Christ on earth. Listen, my friends, the only vicar on earth that Christ has is His Holy Spirit, whom Christ has sent to take His place while He's gone. Even though Christ is not here personally, nevertheless He administers His work in the church through his true vicar on earth, his Holy Spirit, who lives in the heart of every believer. Look at John 14, 6 and 7 here. John 14, 6 and, uh, 16 and 17. John 14, 16 and 17. <clears throat> And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another Comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Now look at John fifteen twenty six. John 15 verse 26But when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. The Lord Jesus says to his churches in Matthew 28:20Lo, 20, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world Amen. In his Holy Spirit, Christ, the head of the church, is present with us in the church. Now, as we have seen, Jesus Christ is the living head of the living church. And as such, he is the source and center of life to the church. Think about it. Popes die and pass off the saints. So how could a church live if its head is dead? The true head of the church lives forever. Second, the Church of England says that the king or queen, whatever the case may be, of England is the head of the church. The former queen of that country made this statement at her coronation. Quote, I... Elizabeth Regina, by the grace of God, head of the church, unquote. B.H. Carroll uh, said this, uh, said this statement becomes a problem when 1 Timothy 2.12 is read, where the scripture says, I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man. Wipes out the Queen of England as the head of the church. Thirdly, others make various church governmental systems to be the head over the church. The Lutheran Church is ruled by what they call the synod. Convention churches tend to be give tend to give the authority of Christ the head over to the convention or the association. According to the New Testament, however, there is nothing above or beyond the local assembly except the Lord Jesus Christ. Fourthly, some make deacon boards to be head of the church. Now, I came out of a tradition that, that where well, this was the idea. They make their deacon boards to be the head of the church. I've known churches... Where the deacons made all the decisions about the doctrine and policy in the church. I've heard, I've heard uh, preachers say, they told me when I said, is your church going to do so and so? They said, I don't know. I'll have to ask my deacons. Listen, the New Testament gives no authority at all to the deacons in the church. Not to take care of the church's business, not to boss the pastor, not to function as the board of directors. There is no authority for any of those things in the New Testament. Some make famous preachers and Bible teachers to be the head of the church. Some people consider at least in a practical way, some well-known man to be the head of the church. Some people see John Calvin as the final authority on everything in their churches. I once pastored a church, uh, and, uh, and in it was a man who had this reply to everything I preached that he'd never heard. He said, I don't know. I'll have to see what MacArthur says about that. What he ought to say is, I'll have to see what Christ says in his word about that. Some Baptists make the church itself the head of the church. These people like to talk about the sovereignty of the church. As if the church is the final authority in all matters. Scripturally speaking, however, the church is not sovereign. It is autonomous. That is, it's independent in government or it's self governing. That's true. But Christ is the sovereign. The church is autonomous under Christ's sovereign rule. Absolute authority in the church belongs to Jesus Christ alone and has not been transferred to the church. Some Baptists make other churches to be the head of the church. They transfer headship of their churches to other Baptist churches and say that they can't even organize a new church without the authority of another Baptist church. Scripturally, however, no church has any right to assume superiority over another church for any reason. No church is dependent on another church for anything. Each church is dependent on Christ the head. Christ's power or authority has not been transferred to other churches, it remains His alone. Sometimes, Dictatorial pastors become head of the church. Some pastors become dictators in their churches. Now you know that's usually uh, when when the preacher disagrees with people they call him a dictator. That's usually when that term is used. But there are instances when pastors become dictators in their churches and in the eyes of the congregation. In the eyes of the congregation a thing is right just because the pastor says it's right, not because God's Word says not to do it or to do it. I once uh, succeeded a pastor uh, of a church in another state, and several members in that church told me that on several occasions that former pastor said from the pulpit, and I wrote it down, quote, I'm the captain of this ship. And if you don't like the way I run things, there's the door. Unquote. Such pastors become the head of the church. All of these would-be heads of the church are claiming authority that Christ never delegated to them. Jesus Christ has exclusive authority over the church. It's impossible To reconcile this fact with any pope, queen, king, form of church government, deacon board, famous preacher, the church itself, other churches, or a dictatorial pastor in the church. Can't can't get the two together. Therefore, all human headship over the church must be rejected if we want to be pleasing to the Lord. All others who claim authority over the church are usurpers and not for one moment to be yielded to or respected in the church. Since, according to the scriptures, Christ is clearly the head of the church, then it is irreverent, even blasphemous, to call anyone else the head of the church. You know, it frightens me every time I read that statement of the Catholic Church about the Pope being the head of the church. What an insult to Christ that a church would claim any other head but Him. This type of thing should be shocking to Christians. Charles Spurgeon said along these lines, "Quote, We should be no more shocked to hear a man claim to be the creator of all things than we are now when a mortal is designated head of the church. Unquote. In conclusion, no authority is to be yielded to in the church except that of Christ, the head of the church. May Jesus Christ truly be the head of Central Baptist Church of Grenada, Mississippi. Let every church of Jesus Christ Declare that she follows the headship of no man but obeys Jesus Christ alone. And that's the end of our lesson today, but next time the Lord willing will look at Christ and His creation.